pantry right across the street that does it, but it, a lot of people uh, that work can't, can't get here. And uh, so there, people are really struggling, and uh, the hub really fills a need. Free food, free, um, free clothes, uh, and uh, you guys are a part of that. So keep doing what you do, and we're so proud of Brandy. So proud of all the people that give, work, serve, and uh, do what you do every week. Kids, go ahead and go to your classes, if you would. Got the lights, Mando, just on the sides there. So there you go. Yeah, you can do the other side here. I like to see these people, too. And the middle. Yeah, I like the middle. That's it? Yeah, do some in the middle. There you go. Why not? I don't want anybody going to sleep. If I'm honest. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're, once again, we're glad that you're here today. And if you're visiting with us, we're glad you are. And uh, if you're not, we're still super, super pumped that you're still a part of our family here. Uh, let's pray and get right into it today. Jesus, we love you. And uh, you are incredible. And we are not. But uh, because you're incredible, we are. And so we are thankful that we can get together like this, that we can worship, that we can give our tithes and our offerings, that we can uh, sit around the table. And now as we break open the Word, God, just uh, you do what only you can do supernaturally. Let me just step out of the way and you step in. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to, again tonight to our bonfire. I think it's going to happen. It's going to be beautiful. We got a huge bonfire back there. It's for everybody. If you're if you're everybody, raise your hand. Yeah, that's for you. Okay. So bring a chair, bring a side, uh, any kind of side, and, and then we're going to have chili, hot dogs provided, and marshmallows, and a drink. You bring a drink because we don't want to mess with that because everybody's very finicky about their drinks. You know, you need your grande latte, whatever stuff it is. So bring that, okay? 6.30 tonight, not 6, 6.30, be done at 8. We're going to have just a real laid-back campfire. I'm going to talk a little bit, give you some, some things to think about. I think we'll play some praise music and uh, just come, okay? Okay. We are in a series called Experiencing God, and uh, I've got a lot of feedback. Usually I don't get feedback. You guys go, that's nice. Thanks, Jeff. But I've been hearing a lot of things from people, and uh, so I, I guess God's doing something. And I, I know He's doing something every week. I'm just just kind of kidding on that. But I've heard more the last couple of weeks than I've heard for for a minute. And so I think it's touching the nerve with us that we don't often experience God. That we don't often, and the things we've been looking at uh, have been that that God, uh, there's nothing He doesn't know. We learned that the first week. We learned that, that we're, uh, where's God when I need him? He's everywhere. <laughs> and that, that, that's such a comforting fact. These are all things that make us people that are here on this planet kind of feel better about our lives. Because when we understand that he's everywhere, when we understand that he knows everything, when we understand he's got all the power that's needed, when we understand that, that he's, in, uh, he's in charge and he never changes... That's what we talked about last week. When we understand that, that he doesn't change, it just brings such peace in an unpeaceful time, in a time where everything is a mess. Uh, it is so comforting to know that he doesn't change. 
And today we want to talk about a word that we've heard before, and it's called God is sovereign, and that is sovereignty. What does that mean? What a sovereign means? It basically means this, uh, that, that God is, is, is not just, um, he's, he's in charge of everything, and he's in control of everything. There's nothing beyond his part of you. Everything is in his control. He is so big. This last Sunday night, Brenda and I, went down to Vincennes. Uh, it was Isaac, my grandson's last soccer game, and we wanted to see it. We hadn't seen one, so we got to see it. We rushed down there, saw that, and then we went to the Drunk or Treat. Their church is, is a big church, and they had a ton of people. And so we afterwards, I'm sitting there playing with the kids, and they're running at me. They always do this game where they run, and I catch them, and I hug them, and I just squeeze them, and it's kind of grandpa's good thing to just, in, just to play with his, and I do it, they, they, they think they're, they're hurting grandpa because they run at grandpa and they're, they're, ah, they run really quick and they run and, and Ellen had been doing this like 20 times. Isaiah about kills me because he's the six-year-old and now I can't hardly take him anymore because he's just, he's so fast. So Ellen has done this and the boys are tired and Ellen's doing this and she comes in and she says, grandpa, you're so strong. And I said, thank you. That's nice. And she, she just looked at me, and then she says, but God, he's so big. And I said, what, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, you're so strong, and God is bigger than you, because I guess her mom had told her that, that God was so big. And then she heard something, and, and, and she said, God's so big. And I, it just touched me. And I got to thinking, that's what sovereignty means. It means that God is so big that he's so big that there's nothing that is out of his charge. There's nothing that is out of his control. There is nothing that he can't do or, or won't do in, in this world that we live. And so when we look at God being big, that's what I want to talk about today. God is so big. He's so big. The Bible says this in, in 1 Chronicles 29.11. It talks about the sovereignty of God. Everything in the heavens and the earth is yours. About, about says it all, doesn't it? Everything is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything, of everything. There isn't anything he isn't in control of. Scripture says that his sovereignty is decided <laughs> that everything that's going to happen, he's going to be in control of. God decided a long time ago that you were going to be born. He decided that you were going to go through the stuff that you're going through. He decided that you were going to be living the life that you're living right now. And some people look at that and get really confused. And they go, how can that be? How can a God that you says love me, how can that God know these horrible, hard things that happened to me? How can he know that? And still be okay. And there's a, whole, there's a whole argument in the church of people understanding this because then there's this what's called a free will argument. Don't I have a free will? Can I do what I want to do? Of course you can. That's why God put us here. He gave us free will. The best way I can understand this, the best way I can, I can explain this to you, somebody told me this years ago and I've never forgotten it. It says, imagine that you're on a trip and you're on a trip to say you want to get a cruise, and you go to the Bahamas, and you say, I'm going on this trip to the Bahamas, and you get on that ship, and everything you do in that ship is your choice. You get to go to the buffet. You get to go to the casino. You get to go wherever you want to go on that ship. You get to go off all the ports, but nothing you do, nothing you do is going to stop you short of a storm or the ship sinking 
or some terrorists coming in is going to stop you from getting to the Bahamas because you're going to go to the Bahamas and you're going to turn around and you're going to come back home. And that's what this life is like. This life is, is you get the, the, the ability to choose to overeat. You get the ability to go to the buffet and eat too much. You get the ability to go to the casino and lose money. You get the ability to, to make bad choices and decisions. But regardless, you're still going to the Bahamas and you're going to come home. You can choose. You choose. God gives you the freedom to choose the way you want to live. That comes with some responsibility, doesn't it? The way you want to act, he wants you to give you that ability. The way that you make decisions and choices, the things that you buy, they're all in your decision-making process. But still, God is sovereign over everything that you do. But you're not free. You're not free to choose the consequences. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. You see, God says if you do certain things, then certain things are going to be the result. You reap what you sow. If you put corn in the ground, you get corn out. You put bitterness in the ground, you will get bitterness out of the ground. You put sorrow and, and depression and, and fear in the ground, it's going to pop up out of the ground. Because what you sow, you reap. It's what you get. It's what comes back to you. You are free to choose, but not the consequences. So let's talk about what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I always say, so what? God's so big, he's huge, he's in control, so what? What does that mean for us? Because that's what it comes down to ultimately. That's why all of you are here today. You want to know, so what? So what? Well, so what is this? God is so big because he's big. He's in control of everything that you do, your adventures, every journey, every, every process in your life, going to college, to picking a car, to, to picking a, a spouse, to picking somebody to date. He is in those decisions. He's in all of them. Proverbs puts it this way in 19 verse 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Isn't that true? <laughs> how many of us have got purpose? How many of us have got plans? How many of you have had a lot of plans and they didn't come out the way you thought they were going to? How many of you have woken up at 40 and going, This is my life? How many of you have been 20 and going, What in the world is going on? What, what, why? What, 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 where, am, where am I? What's going on? And here's what I want you to understand. Every time we have plans, God has a better plan. And our job is to get in line with his plans. Our job is to figure out what his plans are and then insert ourselves in those plans. See, there was a time in my life where I prayed every day, God, I want to be a cowboy. And I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer. Yeehaw! 
There was time, I, I remember then, I, 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 God, I want to play in the NFL. And that didn't work out. God, I want to I help start a church in Arizona. Didn't work out 20 years ago. Sold everything I had, lost everything I had, went out to Arizona. But here I am. 20 years later, 20 years. Many of the plans of us <laughs> Nimrods, but his plans, his plans are much, much better. And I want to get in line and step with his plans. See, we need to be tentative in our plans and we need to be flexible in our plans. We need to say, what is it that God is doing you see, when I say uh, with my life choices, I don't need God. I'll figure it all out. I'll go to whatever college I feel like I should go to. I'll go to whatever job that makes the most money. What we've done is we've taken God out of the equation. And then we, we, we get there and we go, that wasn't like I thought it was going to be. What happened? The Bible says that since life is uncertain, we should not presume on it. We should not plan on it. We should not count on things that we plan because the things that we plan fail. Anybody want to say amen? That means yes. Okay, yes. Yes. This isn't on the screen, but I wanted to throw this in because I found this after I was working on this. James 4 says this. I don't know, are you at James 4 yet in your Bible study? You're, okay, you know this one. It says this. Now listen, Jeff. Today or tomorrow, we will go to that city. We'll spend a year there. We'll carry on business and we'll make money. And why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this and we will do that. How many of you presume that you even have tomorrow? How many of you just are counting on tomorrow when you don't know you got it? You do not know. And if God is not in your today, he will definitely not be in your tomorrow. If he is not in your decision making, if he is not in the plans that he has for you, if you're not in his plans, then where are you? You see, the point is this, I can make plans, but I realize ultimately that God is the one who's calling the shots in my life because the goal is Bahamas. That's where I'm going. Anything without prayer is presumption. Instead of saying, God, I want you to bless what you're doing, we should say, God, help me to do what you're blessing. Help me to do what you're blessing. What is it you're blessing? Well, I don't know. That's, I don't want to do that. That seems too hard. That seems like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. God, what are you blessing? And then I want to step into it. What are you doing? What are you blessing? Let's talk about the next thing that, that comes out of this. Not only is in our adventures, he's so big and he wants to be in everything you do. God also wants to be, help you in your problems, and in your predicaments. God wants to help you, and he wants to, to help you get through them. I didn't say he wants to make it easy. He wants to be there as you go through those things. First Peter says it this way, 6 and 7. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. 
These have come so that they've proven genuineness of your faith. Why'd they come? To prove your faith, the genuineness. Is it real or is it your mom's? Is it real or is it your church's? Is it real or is it yours? of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. He's saying here in Peter that life is not a series of random events that have no meaning. Everything that's going on in your life has meaning. If you're a child of God, nothing can come into your life without the Heavenly Father's permission. Listen, nothing, nothing, nothing can come at you without the Father's permission. Everything that happens to you is Father-filtered. It is filtered through the Father. I'm not saying that everything happens is God's will. It isn't. It isn't. There are many things that happen in life that are not God's will. Sin is not God's will. Someone gets cancer, it is not God's will. Whoever said that, they're wrong. They're wrong. Someone in an accident and they die must be God's will. But we're to pray, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God's will is not always done, is it? God's will is not always done. God doesn't cause sin, though. Never does. He allows it. He permits it. He permits problems. He permits the horrible things that happen. And then, the Bible says, he uses them for a greater purpose. What greater purpose is that? He's so big. He's in control. He's got, the, he's got the outcome. He's got the answer. He knows what's going to happen way ahead. He is God, and I want to let him be God in, your, in my life today. He is so big that I think I'll choose to let him. That's the first step in anybody's understanding of, 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 of following uh, this attribute of who God is. If God is so big, I will let him. I'll let him. I'll let him be in control of everything. God has, has a purpose beside, be, behind every predicament that you're in. What's, what's the key to my response then? You've got to look past the pain. Let me say that again. You've got to look past the pain that you're in because the pain causes us to do horrible things. I don't want to be in pain. Don't let me suffer. I'm lonely. I'm upset, but my life hasn't turned out like it should. I, I'm angry. I'm fearful. I'm you. Name it. You name it. Some things in life on this side you're never going to know. Why do people die when they die? I don't know. I don't know. We all die eventually. I know that. But God has a plan. And God is a good God. He is in control. 
And I've got to look past the pain. Everybody say that with me. Look past the pain. One more time. That is so hard to do. That is so hard to do. Because it hurts. It hurts. Mommy, make it stop. We start when we're kids. Make it stop. We go to the ER when we're in pain. Doctor, make it stop. Give me whatever you got. I'll take it. Line me up. Here I am. We all eventually... We all eventually question that pain. And then we say, why God? As Christians, our response when pain comes cannot be why. It has to be what? What do you want to do, God, now? (laughs) What do you want to do now? Because why will drive you crazy? Why did this happen right now? I don't know. There's no reason... Why did it happen? I don't know. But I do know the what. I can find out the what. I can find out what he wants to do. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. This is the reason we never lose heart. Here's the reason you don't give up. These troubles, which are temporary, are winning for us a permanent, glorious, and solve reward out of proportion to our pain. Let me read that again. This is the reason you never give up. This is the reason you don't stop. This is the reason you don't quit. This is the reason to keep going today. These troubles, they're temporary. They're going to end. They're going to stop. You're going to get through them one way or the other, either in this life or out of this life. They're winning for us a permanent, glorious, and solid reward out of proportion to our pain. Way bigger, way bigger, way bigger than our pain. God is way bigger than our pain. He is so, so big. See, the temporary problems you're going through right now are minor compared to the reward that's coming. Paul says, we don't look at the temporary problems we're going through. We keep our eyes on the things that are eternal. That's the job of the church. Take your eyes off of now and put them on the eternal. There is an eternal coming, church. There's an eternal that's coming, and it's right around the corner You don't look to the temporary. Your predicaments and your problems have a purpose and your plans have a limit. And that leads us to our prayers. That leads us to our prayers. Because God is so big, your prayers make an impact. I want you to hear this today and I want you to start on a journey towards believing that. That when you pray, when you pray and you ask God, it makes an impact. It makes something happen. It's not a waste of time to pray. It's not an extracurricular thing. Oh, guess now I'll pray. You should have been praying all along. God, I want to be in your plans. I want to bless what you're doing. Not God bless what I'm doing. 
and then get me out of it because it didn't work. The Bible says that because God is in control, your prayers have purpose. Prayer works. God controls everything. He has the ability to answer your prayers. If God is not sovereign, then prayer would be a waste of time. If God isn't so big that he could solve it, why the heck would you pray? And that's why a lot of us are acting like he's not so big. Because you don't believe that he can really answer your prayer. Because he didn't answer that one prayer. Because your dog passed away. Because your aunt passed away. Because your I don't know, but you lost faith and you lost trust in the one that is so big, in the one that made you, in everything that there is. That's the basis of every, every miracle. His bigness, his hugeness, his sovereignty. God can change things. He can overrule nature. He can heal people. He can make things last longer. He can make it rain when it's not supposed to. He can make it not rain when it's not. When it, he, he can take the sun and he can stand it, stand it still. Everything is possible to our God. Ephesians 3.20 says it this way. Nothing. God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. More than we ever even dreamed of. I can dream of a lot. And it just, the Bible says he can do more. More than I can dream. The point is, prayer can do whatever God can do. Prayer can do what God can do. Why don't we take more advantage of it? You answer that. You answer that. Well, my health out is out of control. I can't do anything about it. It's not out of God's control. My finances are falling apart. It's hopeless. Not out of God's control. There's nothing beyond God's control. Some of you are thinking, well, since God is controlled, He can do anything, and he, he told me to pray, why don't I get what I asked for? That's ultimately what a lot of us think. Why isn't He answering my prayers? Why is He silent? Why is he allowing this thing to go on? God's not a genie. Can't rub him and hope things come out. You realize what a mess our world would be if God answered every single prayer of every single person? Do you understand how screwed up it would be if God answered every prayer? He is not a genie. He has a plan. He is sovereign. All of his plans come together. They have a purpose. Oftentimes, we have competing prayers. I don't know how many of you pray for sports teams, but if you pray for sports teams and there's all these people praying for one sports team, and you're, it goes against you. What's, what's he going to do? Oh, I love you more. I love the – who just won the – I don't even know who won the series. Houston. Okay. I love Houston people better than I love the Cubbies or the Philly. No. But do you not understand how many competing prayers? I needed God. I need it to be really pretty today because we're having a bonfire. But maybe somewhere they need to rain. God, I need, I need you to do this and somebody else needs it. It's competing. You understand that? Because we have total knowledge and we don't have it. 
only God does. We pray by mistake. We pray for things that maybe we shouldn't pray. We pray, hopefully, the right thing, but sometimes we pray with a limited view because we don't have the total view, but God does. You say, I don't understand how this situation could be, could be the best. How is what I'm going through right now, how is that possibly the best, Jeff? How in the world is that possible? I don't know, but I know this. <laughs> You're not God, and He is, and I think I'm going to let Him. Here's some practical stuff to take home with you, and we're just about done. Do you... I hesitate to even ask you these questions because I, I want you to answer them truthfully. Here's the first question. Do you include God in your plans? And I want you to think about this before you answer. Do you pray more or do you stress about your plans? If you pray more, I believe you'll have peace. If you stress, I don't think you're praying. I think you're stressing. Which one is it? Think about that for just a second. I want you to stew on it. Just stew. I'll just stand up here. Okay. How about your problems and your predicaments? Do you look to, for God's purpose in your problems? Or the first thing you do is you throw a pity party? How much more can I handle? God, you said you wouldn't give me this much, and you did. Why me? Maybe God wants you to trust him more. Maybe God's whole plan for what you're going through right now is he's wanting you to step in a deeper walk with him. As you look at your life, you go, man, this is mess. It didn't surprise God. It surprised you, but not God. Lastly, how about your prayer? Do you take advantage of the privilege of prayer? It's there and oftentimes we don't even use it. Instead of complaining about your boss, instead of complaining about your spouse, pray about them. There's no attribute about God of experiencing God that is more comforting than his sovereignty. Knowing that he is so big because he's over it all. And that should bring peace to you when there is at a time where we're living where there's so little peace, where every one of us is, is going through this fear and this, uh, this fear-mongering that just goes on around us, that just hypes us up worse and worse and worse. And you get it on your TV and you get it on your social and you get it on, from everybody you speak to. What are we going to do? We're going to sit back and we're going to let God do what God do. That's what we're going to do. So my last question for you today is this. How big do you think God is? Is he big enough? 
to handle what you're going through right now? Yes, he is. Are you going to let him? When you're worried sick, you have to say, God is in control. When you're defeated and discouraged and falling flat on your face and you feel like a total flop and a failure, God is in control. When you're sick and flat on your back, God is in control. When you're standing by the casket and you're wondering, why? God is in control. When you face a problem that you can't handle on your own, God is in control. Let's pray as the band comes.